and welcome to the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Today you are joined by your host, Tiara, and thank you so much for tuning in for what is now my third episode of my 2020 Comp Prep mini-series. Now, I am recording this today on Sunday, the 2nd of February, which officially means that now that it's February, I am actually competing this month. I am 27 days out from my first show with the IFBB. That's officially sub four weeks. That is crazy. And uh, just with that knowledge, you know, with this week, I feel like I've experienced almost every single emotion under the sun, just knowing that I am now less than four weeks out from my first show. And, uh, Boy, oh boy, am I having all the feels about that. (laughs) And, you know, these emotions, they don't necessarily stem from being nervous or being scared because, to be honest, I'm actually more thrilled and excited than anything to actually be getting on stage in 27 days. But more, I'm just trying to comprehend where the heck did the last 22 weeks of comp prep go? And... Where did the last two years go since I last competed? You know, like people say it all the time, but boy, does time fly by fast. Oh my gosh. So yeah, 27 days. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, I don't really know what to say about that, but before you know it, I'm literally going to be on stage. It's, It's less than a month. I am getting on stage this month. So I'm really just trying to wrap my head around that because, you know, once it hit yesterday, February 1st, I was like, oh man, it is, uh, it's not long now. Whoa. (laughs) All right, guys. So let's get into what has been up the last week, because, you know, just like every single other week, I feel as though it has just flown by But at the same time, I also feel like a lot has happened too. So in terms of body composition, I remember saying last week, you know, that I had hit that new low of 60.3. I was hoping to break into the 59s and not jinx myself. Well, after I'd hit that new low of 60.3 during the middle of last week, remember I mentioned that here in Brisbane, it was just crazy humid and In response to humidity, my body always retains a bunch more water and my weight did spike up to 61.3 kilograms and it pretty much hung out around that number well until Monday. So I was weighing in high all the way from like Thursday until Monday, right? But then finally, thank the Lord, the humidity dropped and so did my weight. It went whoosh. And uh, I hit a brand new low on Tuesday morning of 60.1 kilograms. And then on Wednesday morning, it went up a little bit more by 60.3. And then, you know, I usually do get my lowest weigh-ins on a Wednesday or a Thursday morning, just because this is near the tail end of my lower carbohydrate days before I have my high carbohydrate days on Thursdays and Fridays and replenish some lost glycogen. But something really freaky happened. So, you know, I went to bed on Wednesday night and I was kind of like crossing my fingers like, please, please, please break into the 59s. I know you can do it. (laughs) 
Well, I woke up on Thursday morning, you know, and as you do, I went to weigh myself and the scale said 59.3 and my eyes opened up to like five times the width and I was like, no way, what? And you know, I did that thing where I stepped on and off the scale like three times. I even picked the scale up and moved it. <laughs> I even took the flipping batteries out of the scale, okay? Put them back in, weighed myself again. Every single time it said 59.3. I was just gobsmacked. I was like, where the heck did this come from, you know? But in saying that, like, I don't know why it was so low. The day before I did go swimming, so it was my rest day, but generally on a rest day, I really like to do a recovery swim. So I usually just do two kilometers, which is about 40 laps of just really light alternate stroke swimming. Nothing intense at all, just totally chilling out. I absolutely love to swim. It's like a form of relaxation for me really, really great form of uh, active recovery. And you know, I spent about two hours laying in the sun that day, just listening to podcasts, chilling out between work. And yeah, I, I feel like I still ate the exact same food as I normally would that day. Obviously I knew that I'd sweat a lot, so I was drinking a lot of water. I was still trying to stay very hydrated, still adding a normal amount of salt to my meals. But perhaps, and I'm just assuming it was, it was probably just a hydration component that had me feeling and weighing in so light the next day and losing a kilogram overnight, which was crazy. But I really do want to speak to that because yes, of course, when you're in a dieting phase and you get a new low, it's all exciting, right? But acutely losing too much weight in too short of a time frame. So for example, one kilogram overnight, I would argue that is too much weight to lose acutely, all right? And still feel totally fine. So even though I was going in the next day on that Thursday, right? It was a high carbohydrate day for me. I was replenishing some lost glycogen. I still didn't feel 100% in terms of my performance and my performance in the gym actually did suffer a little bit. And I do think that it was potentially due to weighing in so light because I've never got a low weigh in like that before. I've never lost one kilogram, right? It's usually, you know, a few hundred grams spaced out a number of days so that my body can get used to feeling like that. But it was almost like a shock. And uh, during my leg workout on Thursday afternoon, my performance did take a little bit of a hit, you know? Like I was able to lift the same amount of weight for everything, but the reps weren't necessarily there. I wasn't able to perform quite the same amount of volume. So for example, on barbell RDLs, you know, I'm normally hitting 75 kilograms for five sets of 12 to 15 reps, you know? I was really maxing out anywhere between 10 to 12 reps. And, uh, I really do think that it did come down to just being a lighter body weight and even hip thrusts, you know, it was my high volume day. So I was supposed to be hitting hundred kilograms for four sets of 20. I could only hit around the 17 or 18 rep mark before it was a real, real struggle. So yeah, I just want to say that, you know, weighing in light is awesome, but 
you know, your body does want to take it a bit slow. And I was actually really happy that the next day it went up a little bit. So I still stayed in the 59s, you know, but the next Friday morning I weighed in at 59.7, which had me feeling a hell of a lot better. And I actually looked a lot better too. So that next morning I trained upper body and I really liked how I looked, you know, like I wasn't too flat. I was, I was quite full. I could still see good definition across my entire body and uh, my performance was there. I felt a hell of a lot better. And I think that's just a combination of obviously having more carbohydrates, more glycogen from me being my second high carb day of the week, but also just being a slightly higher body weight and having slightly more fluid in me. So uh, yeah, don't underestimate the power of um, sitting at a comfortable body weight. So around where you probably should be, okay? I did wanna just make that point. But yeah, so that was pretty much on Friday, weighted at 59.7. And then yesterday morning, Saturday morning, Weight does funky things, man. It spiked right up to 61 kilograms. Like, what? (laughs) What the heck? And then this morning, Sunday morning, it went back down to 60.4 kilograms. So again, that's why I take a weekly average because my weight is all over the place, you know, across the week. And uh, there's a lot of different factors that do come into play for that. But at the same time, you know, I'm not only comparing that weekly average, but again, I am comparing, for example, a Wednesday compared to the previous Wednesday, because I know that that's my uh, last low carbohydrate day of the week. So that's a pretty comparable number or the Thursday to the previous Thursday, the Friday to the previous Friday and so on, because generally every single day of the week, I'm following the same routine week to week. So that's where it really helps to become comparable. And that's something else I wanted to talk about, you know, because again, being sub four weeks out now, I need to be paying very, very, very close attention to my physique and how it is looking, how it is responding to certain amounts of nutrient intake, you know, fluid intake, sodium intake, you know, the types of pumps that I'm getting in the gym from different workouts. I need to be keeping a very, very close eye on this and documenting this because I still need to work out what is going to be my absolute best look for peak week. Because although right now, you know, I've been doing those two high carbohydrate days on a Thursday and a Friday, you know, in preparation for the Saturday show, because I'm in those final four weeks, right? My physique is really changing on a daily basis. And I think a lot of comp prep competitors can speak to this too, and they've experienced this as as well. It's during that crunch time and that final tail end of prep when your body is just changing on the daily and you are noticing the slightest little things, you know, a little bit more muscle definition here or there, a slightly better pump here or there, you know, things are looking different. And because I'm coaching myself through this and I want to look my absolute best come show day, I need to be documenting all of these different variables so that I can, you know, perfectly put them together during my peak week so that I'm guaranteed to look my best on the day where it really, really 
counts. So what I've actually started doing this week, I started at the beginning of the week, was I actually created what I'm calling a physique journal. And I actually got this idea from Brandon Kempter. He spoke about it very briefly on one of the podcasts we did with him most recently. Now, he spoke about having a physique journal, you know, and keeping a lot of data, although he didn't necessarily go into the type of data that he recorded. But essentially what I'm doing is each day, I'm pretty much taking notes on my physique. So of course I'm putting in my morning body weight. I'm putting in how I actually look that morning fasted. I'm talking about, you know, how I'm feeling in the gym, whether or not I'm getting a good pump. When I take photos, when I do posing, you know, how is my physique looking? Also, how's my physique looking at different points of the day, you know? So am I looking good in the morning or am I looking really, really flat? You know, at night, am I still looking quite tight or am I still looking quite flat at night or am I looking really bloated at night? I also take, you know, notes on my activity levels that day and also the temperature that day because obviously we know climate has the potential to drastically change your physique. And uh, yeah, I'm just trying to really, really document all of these fine little things and, you know, It's just adding to the data, you know, it's adding to my progress photos, it's adding to my skin folds, it's adding to my gym performance. Overall, it's adding to my total physique. And uh, yeah, I'm trying to coincide and collect as much as I can so I can like confidently say, you know, in the week before peak week, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to do to guarantee that I am going to look the best that I possibly can because gosh like i said because my physique is changing on the daily i just don't know you know sometimes even this week i was questioning like maybe i should do a front load because it obviously could have had something to do with last week because it was crazy humid i was retaining a lot more water but you know usually on a saturday morning i would wake up and i would feel quite tight i would feel quite lean after those two high carbohydrate days But the last two Saturdays, you know, I haven't felt like that. My weight spiked up, you know, well over a kilogram each time. I felt a little bit watery. I haven't been able to see much definition in my core, you know, in my glute tie-in and my hamstrings and my delts. And it's almost got me questioning, like, maybe I should do a front load. Maybe I should, you know, push those higher carbohydrate days further toward the beginning of the week do some slightly lower days because what I found is that across the week, I've actually almost liked how my physique is looking in the gym on a low carbohydrate day, maybe like two or three days after my higher carbohydrate days. So again, there's a lot of different factors to play in. So that's why I'm collecting a full month of data so that I can see general trends and know that it's not just a one-off And then I can say, okay, this is exactly what I am going to do. So yeah, that's certainly something I've started this week is keeping that physique journal. And uh, yeah, it's been really fun taking a bunch of detailed notes on my body. And uh, yeah, again, it's about how my body is looking and changing throughout the day too, because I know that this is going to add to the data as well, because 
I'm going to be on stage at different times for different shows. So for example, the Queensland IFBB show, I'm not going to be on stage until the afternoon, probably on stage the first time around 2 p.m., probably not on stage again until maybe like 5 or 6 p.m., right? So I need to be keeping data for what does my body look like at that time of day in response to, you know, certain fluid intakes, certain nutrient intake, certain sodium intake, a pump, relaxation, sleep, when did I last train? right before that show. But then the Arnold's, I'm gonna be on stage at like 10 a.m., so in the morning. And then for the uh, for the ICN Sunshine Coast show, I'm not gonna be on stage till nighttime. I'm not gonna be on stage until like 6 or 7 p.m. or something. So I really need to be tracking as much data as I possibly can because we all know just how much a body can change during the matter and the space of 24 hours, right? So uh, I wanna try to keep things as tightly controlled as possible. So that's why I have uh, started writing myself a small novel. (laughs) Okay guys, so that's pretty much a roundup of my physique journal. Something else in terms of body composition that we did this week was, we do it every single fortnight, is Jack and I take my skin folds. So skin folds are interesting, and I did want to you know, touch on the topics of skin folds and tracking skin folds during a comp prep, or pretty much tracking skin folds at any time when you are trying to achieve body composition change. Now, for those who don't actually know what skin folds are, pretty much it's a measurement of subcutaneous fat. So an anthropometrist will mark you up. They'll do these little things called landmarks and they'll draw specific sites on your body where they are going to take calipers and they are going to pinch that area of skin and they're going to take a skin fold reading. Now, according to ISAC, you know, on average, usually take it across eight different sites. Some people do less, some people do more, but Jack and I actually only take it across six sites. So we do the tricep, we do subscap, we do bicep, we do supraspinale, abdominal, and calf. Now, the two measurements that we don't use for me are the iliac crest. The only reasoning behind that is because our Excel spreadsheet where we collect all of our skinfold data, it doesn't actually have an iliac crest option. I think it's simply because the iliac crest is so close to the supraspinale and the abdominal fold that, you know, because it's in such a similar vicinity, you don't necessarily need to take that measurement. Now, there is an option for Jack and I to take a thigh measurement on our skinfold sheets. But in my case, you know, and I certainly don't do this with the rest of my clients, I always measure my client's thigh skinfold. But for me, we just don't take it because my thighs just, the skinfold number does not change, all right? It has consistently read 19 or 20 mils, right? Ever since we started taking skin folds in December of 2018. And even, you know, to provide some context, right? At the beginning of the year, I was around 71 kilograms, so we took my thigh skin fold. 
Yep, it was around 20, right? We've taken it now. I'm weighing in at 60 kilograms, you know, the high 59s. And hey, my skin bowl is still around 19 or 20. So there's just something funky going on with my thigh, right? I think that I hold very, very little fat on my thighs, probably from, you know, those years of running. My legs have always genetically just stayed quite lean, while other areas of my body generally gain more body fat. And I th- I'm certain a lot of people can relate to this, and I'll talk to this later too, but genetically, people just hold body fat in different areas, and we just have to go with it. So. Essentially, Jack and I have been tracking my skin folds throughout, you know, my entire improvement season, my entire prep. And because we exclude that thigh skin fold and we're only measuring across six sites, my skin folds at the very start of prep did start out at 61 millimeters, right? And now they are at 33 millimeters. And you know, the major changes that I've seen have predominantly been on my abdominal fold. So for example, at the start of prep, it was around 14.3. Now it's at 5.4. You know, my super spinale, it was at 8.7. Now it's at 4.3. Tricep has actually dropped quite a bit too. So tricep was at 16.2. Now it's at 10.4. But things like my bicep, things like my subscap, you know, things like my calf, they've dropped about eh, about two to three mils each, but nothing nearly as drastic as my abdominal fold dropping, you know, a good nine millimeters there. So that's the case for skin folds. But I also want to mention that, you know, despite I have lost over eight kilograms now during my prep, right? But my skin folds across those sum of six, they've dropped what, like 29 millimeters or something, which isn't humongous considering that I've lost over eight kilograms. But that's also where we need to think about the pros and the cons of skin folds, because yes, skin folds are awesome. And arguably they are the gold standard method, if done correctly, for tracking changes in body composition. But that's not to say just like any other method that they don't have their cons because like I mentioned before, body fat is distributed in different ways across different people, you know? And if you're only measuring six very specific sites and you're always measuring in the exact same place, who's not to say that because your weight has actually dropped quite a bit, let's say that you lost a kilogram, but your skin folds only went down two millimeters, right? And you were like, damn, I was really expecting a larger drop than that. We have to consider that body fat is probably being taken away from other places that you're just not measuring. So for example, we don't take skin folds on the glutes. We don't take skin folds on the back of the thighs. We don't take skin folds on the lower back, right? We don't take skin folds on the chest, on the forearms. There's a hell of a lot of different places that the body is still losing body fat, but you're simply just not measuring those through skin folds. So Again, that's why, you know, it's important to collect a hell of a lot of different pieces of data and don't be discouraged just because one isn't going the way that you expected to, you know, or one isn't drastically changing. That's why you need to combine so many different pieces of data. So, you know, not just your skin folds or not just your scale weight, not just your progress photos, not just your girth measurements, not just your training performance, you know, not just your nutrition, 
the whole flippin' shebang so that you can paint yourself a really beautiful picture of, hey, what's actually going on with my body right now? <laughs> so yeah, that's pretty much it on skin folds. And uh, this actually sparked a thought, perhaps next comp prep, you know, or during my improvement season, Jack and I actually will maybe pick a few other spots that we can try to track because I know I've definitely lost a hell of a lot of uh, body fat off the back of my thighs because I'm able to see a lot more definition in my hamstrings, you know, more off my glutes and just other areas like my lower back and stuff. So I think that's certainly something that we're going to consider, probably not just for me, but Jack as well, and potentially even our clients, you know, tracking it in different spots so that when someone, for example, doesn't get a humongous skin fold drop, but their weight has dropped a kilogram or two, and it's evident that they haven't lost two kilograms of muscle, you can confidently say like, oh, hey, you know, this skin fold probably actually came, like the body fat probably actually came off this area that we weren't just measuring before. You know, and it's a nice reminder that although we can't necessarily bought reduce fat, we do still need to consider that genetically people do hold body fat in different places. And when they do lose weight, they will lose weight from certain places before others. You know, we all have that one stubborn area when we're dieting that's just always last to come in, right? And uh, bless the people who have lean cores all year round. Oh my God, <laughs> you are blessed. <laughs> but hey, you know, those people would probably say the same thing about people who have lean legs all year round, you know, or lean arms all year round. I think we're all gifted in, in one sense or another, you know, and everyone always wants what they can't have. But uh, yeah, just want to say that little segment about skin folds. So moving on. In terms of nutrition, you know, this week, nothing too exciting, nothing changed from last week. My body still responded very well to the current calories, the current macros that I'm on, my current food choices, you know, so going off last week, nothing changed. So pretty much macros are still the same for those five lower days at 175 carb, 140 protein, and 35 fat. And then my two higher days, just bringing those carbs up to 325 grams. But something that I did kind of want to mention is that, you know, when I do post pictures of the food that I'm eating on Instagram and YouTube, I do get comments back like, wow, you eat so much food or wow, how can you eat all of that? And <laughs> it just makes me laugh because the truth is I do call myself the queen of volume, but if you were to take all of the water and all of the air out of my food, it would be such a sad amount of food and such a tiny little minuscule volume of food that I'm eating because basically everything that I eat is like hyper hydrated or just has like heaps of air in it. So. For example, you know, my breakfast, I'll have a bowl of oatmeal, right? And I'll have around 80 grams of oats in that, but I'll add like 750 milliliters of water, or I'll have 25 grams of egg white powder, right? But then I'll add a whole cup of water to that, or I'm having an orange and an orange looks massive, but 
again, the hydration of that orange, it's a huge amount of water. So if I was to actually take that breakfast, you know, and actually just put it on a tiny little plate with nothing added, it would be like, oh man, I really am dieting, aren't I? <laughs> Or things like my nice cream, you know, like it's literally just one scoop of 30 grams of protein powder and maybe like a hundred grams of frozen fruit, right? And if you were to just have those two little things in your palms, you'd be like, wow, how the hell is this going to get me through like the next four hours? But when you add like two massive trays of ice to it and you add water to it and you put it in a food processor and you blend it up with hella air and it wafts up boy, does that thing expand and get big. Or like my air popped popcorn, right? Air popped popcorn speaks for itself. When you are weighing out 20 grams of popcorn kernels and you look at these few little kernels and you're like, is this a flippin' joke? <laughs> but then you put it in the popcorn machine and voila, you got a bowl of popcorn. So that's just a little disclaimer I wanted to make that I'm actually not eating that much food like the substance of my food and the actual like total amount of calories you know the nutrients and the nutrition in there it's certainly not a huge amount but i just am strategic and i manipulate it so that it looks like a lot more food so that it feels like i'm eating a lot more food you know and uh, it takes me a lot longer to eat my meals and boy oh boy do i go pee like a hundred times a day because i'm consuming so much water uh but yeah it works it keeps me full it keeps me satiated so please don't be fooled by someone um eating all the food when they're really just eating all the ice and drinking all the water <laughs> yeah okay so that's nutrition for this last week <laughs> And you know, other little things that have happened this week. So like I mentioned, I went swimming on Wednesday. It was just so beautiful. I'm so lucky that Jack and I moved into this house that is literally right next to this beautiful 50 meter pool and uh, beautiful parkland. And I love going there once a week. And man, I just love swimming so much, honestly. I grew up for basically my whole entire childhood until I was around like, maybe 12 years old, doing very competitive swimming in both Canada and Australia at a national level. And, you know, I did surf lifesaving for five years as well at uh, Stradbrook Island, you know, so I love to swim. I love the beach. I love the water. I love being in the sun. It always just makes me feel so damn good. So swimming each week is always a real treat. And Heck, if the weather's nice during peak week, I'll probably still swim in peak week because it's just part of my routine. Uh, other great things that happened this week. So as you guys would have seen from our previous podcast episode, we recorded that new episode with Jason Woodforth, the ICN Queensland president. That was an epic episode. It's always really awesome to have him on. So highly recommend going and checking that out. My, uh, my friend and client Candice, also known as Candytopia on Instagram and YouTube, I mentioned in my uh, last miniseries episode, episode two, that Candice and I had actually done a collaboration and we had created a YouTube video. So 
Candice is a freaking boss woman and she has some boss editing skills and uh, she put together this entire video, you know, basically her and I just sitting down answering a bunch of different questions, busting a bunch of different myths, everything related to health, nutrition, confidence, fitness, the whole shebang. And that is now on YouTube. It's such an awesome video. I highly recommend that you guys go and check that out. So I will put that in the show notes below the link to that YouTube video. Also the link to uh, Candace's Instagram account. But yeah, if you do want to just search it up on YouTube, just type in Candytopia. So C-A-N-D-I-T-O-P-I-A. Candytopia. Such a fun episode. I guess in some uh, sad news is this doesn't have anything to do with me. This actually has to do with Jack, but it was pretty sad. You know, Jack caught a really, really nasty bug this last week. The type of bug that just wipes you out. And oh, boys. So within the space of like five days, Jack was just so sick. He couldn't keep food in him, you know, like he could hardly eat any food. And the poor guy actually lost five kilograms between Sunday to Wednesday, which was, oh boy, it was just so sad. You know, I I hate seeing him go through that. And uh, luckily, Jack is all better now. You know, Jack is super healthy, super well now. He's back to eating, thank gosh. He's back to getting into the gym, but... Whatever he caught, it was rough. And anyone who's ever had any sort of bug or, you know, gastrointestinal issue would know just how rough it is. And this thing must have been nasty because, you know, Jack has a phenomenal diet and I reckon he has like one of the top tiers of microbiomes that are out there, right? Or at least were previous out there, soon to be back. (laughs) But uh, this thing must have been nasty because it just totally wiped him out. And man, it even got to the point that on Wednesday morning, you know, at like 5 a.m., Jack and I had to wake up and I had to drive him to the emergency department at the hospital because he was just so dehydrated. Um, He had like nothing in him. So it was really, really sad, really sad to see him go through that because Literally the week before, Jack was, you know, peaking with his training. He was eating 850 grams of carbohydrates per day, right? Feeling on top of the world. And then neck minute, some sort of nasty little thing gets in his guts and just strips that away from him. But, you know, the comeback is always stronger than the setback. And I'm going to ensure that he is eating all of the food and gaining all of the weight back and lifting all of the weights. And uh, hopefully, you know, he's back to where he was within no time. But man, it was really, really rough to uh, see someone that I love go through that, especially, you know, someone who is so dedicated to their health and their nutrition, and they're trying so hard to put on weight, you know, and positively change their body composition. And in a matter of days, not be able to eat, not be able to train, be bed bound and lose five kilograms, that is hell for a bodybuilder. So gosh, 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 I'm um, I'm so glad that he is on the men now because that was really, really rough for him. And I feel, God, I feel awful that he went through that. And I am so grateful that whatever he had was not contagious because anyone to catch that that would be flippin' nasty, and I wouldn't wish it upon a single person. 
So yeah, that was kind of this last week. Um, other interesting things in terms of my body, because I do collect a lot of data, you know, this is something very small, but I've actually noticed over the last week, my resting heart rate has actually gone up four beats per minute, which is really, really weird. So at, you know, the beginning of comp prep, my resting heart rate was around 60 beats per minute. Makes sense because I was just a heavier person around 68 kilograms, but now my resting heart rate, you know, for quite a number of weeks and months now has almost been around that 49 beats per minute mark. But over this last week, it's actually gone right back up to 53 beats per minute. And in the past, when my resting heart rate acutely goes up, you know, usually I do experience a lot of signs of feeling very anxious, feeling very stressed, you know, usually I get the signs that I almost need to take a deload with my training. Uh, I haven't experienced any of that, but just, you know, like tracking that heart rate variability data, I thought it was interesting. So I thought I'd mention that and um, hopefully it goes back down. <laughs> I don't know what it is. My, uh, my heart just feels like beating a little bit faster this week, eh? But yeah, you know, overall it has been an interesting week, but it has been a good week. So yeah, taking care of Jack, you know, ensuring that when he is able to eat food, it is calorically dense as possible, you know, being like, hey, you want some extra cheese on that? Or uh, how about another scoop of ice cream? Or how about an extra egg? <laughs> you want me to put a little bit of oil on that, you know, mushroom or something? <laughs> I don't know. I just want my man to eat. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than Jack, you know, got some brand new crazy low weigh-ins. It's been a really good week, you know, with training. It's been a great week with uh, recovery, you know, energy levels. It's been a fantastic week with clients, actually taking on quite a few new clients this week, which has been really exciting. A good week for business, you know, a good week for me. The weather here has just been so beautiful, you know, clear blue skies every day. It's still hot, but it's beautifully sunny and, uh, yeah, I love it. I love living in Brisbane. I absolutely love the weather here so, so much. Feel so grateful to live here. Ah, so yeah, it's uh, it's been a pretty good week. And I guess to round off the last day of this week, you know, today's Sunday. I know some people start the week on a Sunday. Personally, I think that's really strange. I've always thought of Sunday as the end of the week. Monday is the beginning of the week. <laughs> that's just the way my brain works. That's the way a calendar would work <laughs> in my brain. Anyway, uh, to round off the day um, and the week for today, you know, I did attend the ICN Queensland Posing Workshop with one of my clients, Candice, which was held at Mount Gravatt. That was super duper fun. You know, I always love going to the posing workshops. Not only is it great to get in more posing practice, but it's also just so much fun to see everyone there, you know, people that you haven't seen for a long time. So even there, as a surprise, I actually saw my very first posing coach, Mel Green. I didn't even know she was gonna be there. And uh, it's just so amazing to see Mel now, you know, two years later when she was the first person to ever see me pose before my first ever competition. And boy, have have I changed since then. I was such, just like everyone, you know, it was such a Gumby, right? <laughs> but really hilarious. So um, yeah, that was fantastic to go to that posing workshop, super duper fun. And yeah, you know, this next week moving forward, you know, I've got 27 days left until show day. 
not long, but you know, based off my previous week's data, it's obviously clear that my body is still responding very well to the nutrients that I'm giving it. You know, I'm still clearly in a caloric deficit. I'd be worried if I wasn't on these calories. <laughs> but uh, no need to change anything in terms of nutrition, you know? And to be completely honest, I think that is pretty amazing in terms of just you know, I still feel like I'm still coming off the benefits of taking that diet break during week nine because, you know, I've spoken about this before, but the weeks prior to my diet break, I was on these exact same calories and macros. You know, I was expending the same amount of energy. I was still, you know, eating the exact same types of foods. I was still training the exact same. My sleep patterns were the exact same but my body was really fighting back in terms of weight loss. You know, it kept fluctuating between 61.5 to 62.5 kilograms, just bouncing around all over the shop. That's why, you know, I took that diet break at week nine and I said, not, you know, I'm giving myself a break, right? Brought my calories back up, brought my macros up to maintenance level. Carbs were 325 grams every single day for a week straight. But after that, you know, I didn't do another drop to the previous numbers. I simply said, all right, let's try this again, right? I went back to the exact same numbers I was trying to lose weight on previously. And what do you know? You know, my weight has dropped by over two kilograms since then in the last four weeks. So I don't know what it is about diet breaks, but anecdotally, they have just worked an absolute treat. And I think if you give yourself enough time to run a dieting phase, to run a comp prep, it is very strategic to be able to give yourself one or two, potentially even more diet breaks. I think that they can work absolute wonders if they're implemented and carried out correctly. So super happy with that. And yeah, this next week moving forward, you know, just keep chipping away day by day. Keep doing what I'm doing and uh, just see where that takes me. You know, it's, um, it is really, really about those daily efforts and those one percenters and just making sure that you just get it done. All right, get it done. I swear at the end of every single workout after my last rep of my last set, I literally say out loud, I did it. <laughs> every single day without fail or you know at the end of each meal at, at like you know at dinner time you know once I finish my dinner and I stand up from the table I'm like man there's another day you know another box ticked I did it I hit my macros again so just those daily efforts just get it done get it done because personally I find a hell of a lot of satisfaction you know and uh content in knowing that as long as I get it done, as long as I follow the plan, I'm pretty much guaranteed the result, you know, the result that I am going to be my absolute best at that point in time, as long as I don't deviate away from the plan. So yeah, guys, pretty much looking forward to this next week. You know, the next seven days, next time I catch you, I will be 20 days out. Boy, is that something to say. Wow. But yeah, this next week, you know, just keep putting in the work, you know, keep training, keep eating. I'm really excited to keep tracking data in my physique journal. I'm actually really, really enjoying that. And I think that that is going to be super beneficial. Keep practicing my posing, keep chipping away, keep loving and enjoying the process. To be honest, like 
I am absolutely loving this prep. I am, I really, really am loving it. And uh, I'm trying to soak up pretty much every single minute, you know, every single high, every single low, every single emotion, every single thought, every single feeling, just trying to take it all in and embrace it. So yeah, guys, I guess I will uh, leave you with that for this week. I hope you guys all have a wonderful week moving forward. And, you know, if you did enjoy this episode, please always feel free to share the word around, you know, tell your family and friends, take a screenshot, post it to your Instagram stories, tag myself, tag the bodybuilding dietitians, and I will catch you next week when I am 20 days out.